And we're back. This is Model Behavior. I am Michael G. Gable, and this is my podcast. Welcome to it. I am a full-time model, very fortunate to have carved out a career in this world in LA, and I also have a very full life. I don't like to define myself as just a model. I have a lot of other things going on. I have passions and hobbies and creative pursuits and a girlfriend with three kids and an active social group and I like having a full day. I like going to bed empty. I like having those moments of self-transcendence where I can tell my stupid brain to stop thinking and just worry about taking care of other people and other things and getting my work done. But I also need times for self-care. And right now I'm reading a book called Stillness is the Key by Ryan Holiday, who's written a couple other cool books that I've read, like Ego is the Enemy and The Obstacle is the Way. And they're... They're cool check-ins that sort of bring you back to that zen, stoic sort of mindset that allows you to filter out all the noise of current life and lead you towards the things that provide fulfillment in the areas of your life that are most valuable and the things that give you true happiness and contentment. And I enjoy these books because they're written in a very digestible way. It's very short chapters, concise language, easy to read. But I do think that they can get a little impersonal at best and prescriptive at worst. What I mean by that is if you listen to my episode with Mike Glazer, anyone who has maybe a little uh, opposition to authority from their youthful, ignorant days can relate to the idea of not wanting to be told what to do. And that's part of the reason why I started this podcast, because I don't want people to tell me what to do. I just want to hear their story and share my story. And you can glean what you want without being, without feeling like you're in school or being talked at. You're just along for the ride, and you can pick up what you want and leave what you don't. And I bring that book up in this conversation with Michael Huth, who was my very first agent. He talks about why they took a chance on me, a very inexperienced but long-haired, young, skinny boy who was pretending to be a runner. And Michael and I have connected over the past six or seven years about our love for the outdoors, and we've built a really great relationship because we work together, and it's important. But there's also an element of, as a model, you sort of wonder what's going on behind the scenes at the agency, what they're doing on those computers and LA casting and all the different sites that you get audition notifications from. And this podcast gave me a lot of insight into that process and stuff that's really helpful for me. And I think for anyone listening who's in that world or thinking about dipping their toe into that world, we go through everything from being a green model to how to bust through plateaus and get to a new level of booking, the characteristics of a good model and how that relates to the talent agent relationship. And throughout all of it, all these valuable little tidbits of wisdom that Michael shares, it all sort of comes back to that idea of being who you are, accepting the jobs that are fit for you and carving out a life that makes you fulfilled. And so this this episode really sort of brought it all full circle for me in terms of, you know, that idea of model behavior, not just in modeling, but also 
in life, which is a war of attrition. You never, you never win. You never get there. It's a, it's a constant process, but the process is the product. Uh, I went to a camp that, that the motto was happiness is not a destination. It's a way to travel. And if you can't be happy when you're traveling, you probably won't be happy when you get there. So all that to say, uh, this was a great conversation. I really enjoyed it and I hope you do too. So without further ado, Michael Huth. I'll make you get home. <laughs> uh, hey, Michael. Hey, Michael. How you doing, Michael? Doing good, Michael. I'm sorry you're not lobster diving right now. I know. But I'm glad the swell changed and you had to sit down and talk to me inside. Yeah. It's a beautiful consolation prize. Uh, tell me about this gear you just got. I have repped and worked with Lance Lee Davis, who is like a world-class free diver. Cool. When I went to Hollywood Dive to get the mask, they all knew who he was and were all just like, I love di- passing that Hollywood Dive. You're like, who's <laughs> diving here? <laughs> I know. Who dives in Hollywood? There's no water. So he got custom fitted suits and fins from Greece at cost Damn. that are very expensive that I got for a very good price. And yeah. he runs a school now, so I'm lucky enough to once or twice a year go with him and do crazy stuff where does he do it where does he dive he goes out of redondo or palos verdes a lot i know people go out to catalina yeah he's done that too yeah i mean he's done everywhere he just went down to nicaragua for a competition wow they're doing a documentary on him because he broke the uh world record of longest free dive without fins 72 meters damn that's (sighs) he goes underwater for like five minutes when you free dive with him it's like oh i'm coming up and he's like Still down there. <laughs> I mean, I, I fell in the pool when I was two. So I've always had this like fear of water that I've, I played water polo. I became a lifeguard. I scuba dive. I surf. But I still think there's something to just being down there with no oxygen. Yeah. There. And you're you're not the top of the food chain down there. You know that Mm-mm. everything's watching you. And yeah. the sounds are weird. And it's dark. You do it at night. So Yeah. That's even scarier. Yeah. yeah. There's boats. and oh, Dude, the ocean at night is fucking terrifying. But. We'll get to all our various hobbies we share in common. <laughs> you know what question's coming. Yes. What were you up to when you were seven years old? Uh, I was thinking about it today. Seven years old, kid in Wisconsin, first grade, Miss Wenham's class in mm-hmm. the reading tub. <laughs> the reading tub? The reading tub. They had a bathtub you'd go get to read in. But mostly, I, like, I grew up in the country, so I rode my bike all the time, yeah. making forts in the woods, Yeah. playing home run derby with rocks at the river, see if you could hit it across. Oh, like I did that, that for yeah. sure. Yeah. yeah. Still do that. Still, still <laughs> just did that this weekend. Yeah. Again, another good Midwestern boy. Yeah. Why, how are you out here? Why are you out here? I don't know. I didn't even really know where LA was or anything like that when it kind of called me and I knew. I, I, I'm kind of doing what I knew I wanted to do. Yeah. Wasn't like an actor turned agent or anything. It was, this is what I wanted to do. I wanted right. to try to connect people, but I don't know. There's a lot of times where the Midwest stuff out here helps you a lot. And there's a lot of times where you're like, whoa. Yeah. I could go back to that. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot easier yeah. and cheaper. <laughs> did you go to school in the Midwest? Yeah. Milwaukee. Okay. Yeah. And then how did you get to LA? First of all. Well, I came out here on an internship for product placement. I still had a mm-hmm. semester left at college, so I did the internship in North Hollywood. Drove out here with a girlfriend at that time, 24 hours straight to Vegas, overnighter in Vegas. Came in here the next day, internship for the summer. Mm-hmm. Drove back, finished school. Mm-hmm. Drove back out here on January 1st yep. when the Badgers were in the Rose Bowl Sick. with three friends. And that was 28 hours straight to Phoenix and then 
cruised in from there. Damn. And then just looked for a job or got a job from the product placement internship? No, that was nothing. So I just started looking for jobs. I had some leads at CAA, Mm -hmm. Ryan Braun's agent, because my friend bartended for his agent at his restaurant As in works. Milwaukee. Yep. Yep. Like, yeah. And waited to drop the nugget about me. And yeah. Yeah. So did you do the CAA thing? Yeah. The mailroom thing? No, it wasn't that. I started on a desk wow. because, yeah, I, I was coming home from my last exam in college. It was snowing. And I got the call for the phone interview for them as it was snowing. I'm just, I ran into a friend's house mm-hmm. and burst through the door and they're all like, oh, you're done with college. And I was like, please don't talk. I need to run into your back room and do this phone interview. <laughs> <Please don't talk>. <laughs> <laughs> they failed me on that. So then another person I ran into and met forwarded my resume to HR again. Yeah. Same lady who yeah. I think's now at NBC, head of HR there or something. She uh, said, well, I got your resume forwarded to me again, so we have to do this again. And I was like, well, I'm here now, so let's do this. And yeah. they brought me in, three interviews, computer tests, all mm-hmm. that. I'd never even opened Microsoft Outlook at that time, and I still passed that test. But yeah, I worked there for a while. It was crazy. It was like 8 a.m. to 11 p.m. every day because I was on a really high-volume desk yeah. um, in the music department. Then that's when I picked up the outdoor stuff at the same time. So I was literally... Because you work Sunday for that, too. You'd have to come in yep. half day Sunday. I would get done at Friday at 11, drive out to the abyss, hike in. And mm-hmm. both of those things were grabbing me at the same time. And it was kind of burning the candle it's way too, too yeah, much. Yeah, too much. I mean, because yeah. talked with Joe Carden about all the guys who go into like banking consulting. It's the same kind of hours. It's, you know, 12-hour minimum days, weekends included. Like, there's no time for a social life. There's no time for weekend warrioring, to say the least. And it's interesting that you skip the mailroom because, like, a lot of people don't know that you actually start in the mailroom when you work at Gersh or CAA or... You're kind of committing to them. Like, you're, yeah. you're giving me the next five years of your life, and then we'll give you the next 20. <laughs> yeah, we'll give you a retirement and a yeah. Range Rover or whatever. Um, but I can see how, with your sort of predisposition to being outside and skipping stones... You wouldn't you wouldn't be attracted to that power suit, power tie. I didn't agency lifestyle. It really rub me the wrong way. Yeah. It, the guy was I mean, if I'd have been on one of the different desks, it would have probably been a different story. That one was high stress and he was not good to I mean, he was just a mean guy and yeah. that was across the board and more than just but he got stuff done, no questioning that. But I knew that I didn't want to give up because the climbing bug got me and the yeah. outdoors. I had never seen anything from being from Wisconsin so big as California, so vast. That yeah. just, I was like, I need more of this. Mm-hmm. How can I blend what I want to be as an agent and still have my outdoors because I can't yeah. give this up. Well, and it seems like you've, you've found that balance because you started being my agent six, almost seven years ago, probably. I was thinking about that today. Yeah. Do you know why we signed you? Because we had no other long-haired guys. Yeah, had Lindsay's the man bun. got your sent you over. Yep. And I was like, yeah, take it. Yeah, you had no like no reason to take a chance. I had no portfolio, no experience. I'd, done, I'd fallen into a couple jobs, and I was signed as like a runner with long hair. I hated running. So I just... then I sort of like hair, though. The hair. I had the man bun and the scruff when it was like... The, the new thing. thing. Yeah. And no one had grown it out yet. So I was ahead of the game. Yep. And I went and I met with you. We sort of connected over the fact that I had rock climbing experience and you were into rock climbing. I remember thinking you were older than me because you're in this position of like authority. And thinking back, you were like 23, 24. Yeah. And running the commercial division at our agency. It was the, they took a chance, honestly, yeah. on me. Uh, I was in between in the interview. I was like, I'm either going to Texas to get a law degree at Austin or I'm yeah. taking this job. Yeah. 
and that was how it ended. And they had they had one other print agent. They were mostly a print agency, and yep. they were trying to expand into commercials because it was too much. Mm-hmm. And when I first started, they were like, only submit on sports jobs, and right. that lasted two months. And then I said, yeah, I'm getting everything, yeah. and it just went. And so commercial. My dad always my dad's always like, is it a video or are they taking fun? And so commercial means video, anything that's moving, moving pictures picture. and print means still photography mm-hmm. and they're totally separate areas you know, usually divided in the agency with different agents different teams uh, our agency is pretty small so it's you know one head agent for each division but you know the way the the percentages break down for the agency commission it's always different it's usually 10 for commercial and 20 for print which yeah. i'm guessing that's because commercials historically made more well it was okay so sag is 10 percent of gross on everything yeah and non-union is 10% with the 20% agency fee over the top. Right. It used to be you could take up to 20% as well in non-union or 15%, but because we are a after-franchised agency in the merger, then you can only take 10% because yeah. we're part of ATA, Association of right. Talent Agencies. Talent Agents. You're an agent, man. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, you make less commission on commercial, but everybody wants to do Commercials. The moving image, the pictures. Yeah, and they're fun jobs. And we can talk a lot about like the agency side of things, but I'm just more interested in how you found that life balance that you were not going to have at CAA. Because you're always you're always off, climb, at least climbing in the LA area, if not going far afield on big journeys and expeditions. Oof. Yeah. Well, I, I got lucky. I got into a really good group of people. And yeah. it was from a random roommate on that first internship. That's Ooh. how it happens. Yeah. And just got in with the group and yeah, and uh, some old like stone masters were take me to places where mm-hmm. you don't talk about. Yeah, no one knows. Yeah, you haven't even told me where they are. No, I took my blood oath for good reason. Um, but I mean, because the agents are the you know even if you're not at CAA, the the standard picture of an agent is like you're always on call. You are still. Yeah. I mean, I'm always on call, and I'm just me working the jo- like the few jobs that I get and the few auditions that I get. Whereas you are that for the entire talent pool. So how do you turn off? How do you get out? That is why how I turn off. Yeah. Go I mean, somewhere where there is no fun. Yeah. But then when you get out, I can't tell you how many Sundays or Saturdays I've come out of the climbing area and when you're driving down the mountain and your phone hits service, it's just boom, 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 boom. boom, boom. Yeah. Fire, 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 fire. You missed this. A lot of times I've come out of climbing and it's like, well, I just lost money there. Yeah. But I wouldn't trade it. I need it. It is the only way for me to check out. It is the only way for me to ditch the hundreds of emails and yeah. hundreds of texts and hundreds of calls a day. That- and for everyone that you missed that you lost money on, there's probably a hundred that were just fine. It's like everything's yeah. fine. Yeah. Everything. I'm, I'm reading this book right now called stillness is the key by Ryan holiday. And he talked about how Napoleon refused to open his mail for three weeks just to see how many issues would resolve themselves and people would get on his wow. case all the time. But he was like, I don't need to deal with most things right away. I don't have the bandwidth. So if it's a pressing emergent issue, like someone's going to come and get me. I had that today. Yeah. I had that today. I have a guy on an avail. He's a LA EMT, legit sergeant. Yeah. And he, maybe once a year I get him a job. And he got put on avail for Nissan. And they sent the avail out two hours later. They're like, we're checking on this because it's been two hours and we haven't heard from this. I said, he is saving lives right now. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah Literally. It's going to be okay. Yeah. Just let the man check his schedule. There's more things that needs to work here than just your email you sent me. Yeah. Yeah. So 
a lot of those do work themselves out and I'm good at balancing it and making it just happen and get it done mm-hmm. and such an even keel about things that is this a problem if a problem comes in where somebody's freaking out you just okay that's fine yeah handle it get it done move on everybody's just trying to check stuff stuff off their list like yeah and like they want to make everything important and everything the end all be all life or death it's not. but it's not i mean the one thing that all the talent from agency always says about you and i think it's a compliment is that like whenever you call it's just like hey it's michael got this booking for you Hi. and it's i mean you called me yesterday with a booking and we talked for like 8 minutes about you know, the parameters of the booking. And then we were just talking about the adventures we just had and what adventures we're planning. And I got off the phone. I was like, cool, eight minutes. I just caught up with my buddy. But that's eight minutes of your day that serves hundreds of people. Yeah. Like, so well, not all calls are like that either. Right. <laughs> Maybe. But uh, it, yeah. And it is time management too. But at the same time, I think talent like you who started where you started with just the long haired guy. To Literally, it's being, all I had. Like you're one of the top guys in the agency now. And Thank you. It's about cultivating a relationship with your agent yeah. so that you can have those. Like, I know what you're going to be right for. I'm not going to waste your time. You're not just going to be another yeah. person on the other side of an email. Yeah. You know, having those phone calls helps both of us. And for most sure. people hide behind the veil of a computer these days. And like your portfolio can only say so much about you. Whereas if we have a real conversation about like, what do you enjoy doing? Then you're going to know what jobs like, oh, I definitely need to get Michael to the top of this list because he's going to really want to do this climbing gig at Smith Rock. Well, And it's advantageous yeah. for both of us. Like yeah. at the end of the day, we're both trying to make money. Right. So like, I'm going to hedge my bets in the direction that's A, going to help out yeah. somebody I care about that they're going to love this experience and yeah. B, we're going to make money. I have my best chance of booking with this guy in this job. Right. Otherwise, why am I wasting my time? And I mean, we we're lucky time. that we're both from the Midwest. We both have outdoors interests. But, you know, what What helps you in terms of building a relationship with a talent? Because you always see the like, oh, they brought us cupcakes. Like people are like, do you yeah. go into the agency and like show face? I'm like, oh, I go into the agency because like I really like them and they work really hard for us. And I, you know, want to say hi and maybe I'll bring a treat. But like it's not always cupcakes. I mean, there's a lot of talent. There's so many different personalities I'm dealing with every day. Sure. From you, you get off the phone with an eight-year-old kid, and then you're on the phone <laughs> with some angry casting director, and then you're on the phone with some accountant or something. It's, yeah. To me, I don't know, building the relationship, I say it to everybody that gets signed. We even joke about it how many times I say communication in that first signing. I'm just like, just communicate with me. I'm not yeah. going to rip you apart. I'm not that type of guy because yeah. I just feel like it doesn't get us as far as it could. But don't give me sob stories and excuses and the dog ate my homework type stuff. Mm-hmm. Just tell me real. Yeah. Tell me what the issue is. Tell me what works best for you or what you want or what you think we should do. And we'll go see if we can get it done. And if we can't, we can't. But sometimes talent gets super entitled. And sure. they just think as soon as I sign with an agent, I'm done. And I don't have to do it. And we're not on that level. That's not where we're at. No. We're not. I mean, I thought that. I was like, oh, I have an agency now. And like, apparently Sit I have back, the right look. And I was like, cool, I'm a, I'm a model now. And, the, you know, I talked about that with Will. And he was like, yeah, we have these talent. They're like, well, I'm signed, so I want the jobs. And they're like, well, you need photos. He's like, well, I need jobs to get photos. Which Everybody is, says it, that about theatrical agents it's a cart here. It's the cart of the horse, you know? They try to get a theatrical agent. And a theatrical agent says, well, you need to have credits. And say, well, yeah. that's what you're for. How do you get me credits? Yeah. And well, you have to go get them and that's find your credit somehow sit there in the room with them. Like you, this is a two way street. This is a mm-hmm. relationship and you can build it over years where you get to where Steph is, where you get to where you are because yeah. you've taken the time and you've also been good on set and you've yeah. also done a good job, but you have to go take the pictures and you have to go get the scale clips and you have to 
tink with your resume and your casting sites. It sucks. Nobody wants to do that. It's like rewriting mm-hmm. a resume. It sucks. It's, but yeah, it's annoying. Like you have to do it every time you, you fill out your, like, your portfolio and like your skill sets. It's three different places where it's like, how good are you at badminton? How about rollerblading? I'm like, well, I'm obviously an expert rollerblader, yeah, but badminton, uh, maybe <laughs> intermediate, like, you know, but I do think that honesty and genuineness of communication is so important. And it's, it's really important to find an agency like CAA was not the right fit for the lifestyle you wanted to have. And a lot of the talent at our agency are, if not current pro level athletes, they have training jobs or they have side gigs. And, you know, you guys are very accommodating in terms of like, I can't make this audition because of this reason where there are other agencies out there where it's like you are ours from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. Yeah, Monday through yeah, Friday. I know no those. excuses unless you're booked out and you give us good reason for why you're booked out. If you miss this audition, we'll drop you. And that's good if you want to sit there like Jason Bourne waiting for your call to be a mercenary. But if you want to live a life and scoot off and go hike the San Bernardinos in the middle of the day and maybe lose service, an agency like that is not going to be as cool with it. They don't understand it. No. As an agency like you, you know, the other day I was like, hey, man, like I have this audition in Santa Monica. I'm going to make it. But like my girlfriend's kid's sick. I have a bunch of shit going on. I'm not going to make this other one. And I just sent you that email and you're like, great. Appreciate the honesty. We lost that one. And it was some weird Japanese commercial that... I was like, I'm probably not going to get that one. The other one, yeah. maybe a better chance. Yeah. You so, only have enough bandwidth in yeah. a day to get what you can get done. You need to see what's worth it and what's not. And I've heard so many excuses from I'm sure. You're like a teacher. It's so, it's so much like a teacher. Like, really? Yeah. Your car broke down, but it's also stuck in Orange <laughs> County and you have a flat tire and you can't go to this audition. Have you heard of Uber? Yeah. Could you do that? There's really no excuse. Like, no, I can't do that because my card is law. I'm just like, all right, it's done. Just. Yeah. And there is talent that we still cut for not making auditions or because they're just unresponsive. I had a girl today who hasn't responded in a week that has a $12,000 booking that's just sitting there. Like she, It's yours. They have already booked you before. All you need to, you don't even have to audition. You just have yeah. to put your like slate, make a slate tape yeah. and say, hi, this is me. And it's done. Yeah. She must do have you family not like money? money? Or something. Yeah. <laughs> she, must, she must be good. I don't know. Like, do you not want to do this? But then they'll come in like, oh no, I'm sorry. This, 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 this. I'm like, okay. After mm-hmm. you get to the third excuse, you're just lying to me. Like, yeah, and then it comes back to that, do you want to do this? And it puts a bad taste in the agent's mouth. Yeah, It's like course. There's tons of times where it's, hey, Michael, pick who you want. I need one person. Here's the three I like. Pick one. And it's mm-hmm. like, oh, that sucks. But at That's, the same time, yeah. cultivating those relationships. Who's going to reflect better on you? Yeah, yeah. Who's going to show up on time, not be a dick who on set? I trust? It's such a trust thing, too. Yeah. Do you guys get feedback from producers and directors when and clients? It's bad, you do. Yeah, that's what, that's what Will said. You never get good feedback. Yeah. It's like the Coen brothers. If they move on, you did your job. Well, I follow up after every job, too. And half the time, the people you're following up with is the money people. were like, oh, I wasn't actually there. Yeah. So Maybe to- they're at Video Village watching on the monitor, but yeah. they're not you know, on the ground with the talent. But like, what kind of... It's from the commercial world it's all about personality it's not necessarily lookbook and like, and it's not acting like the theatrical uh-uh. it's, it's it's not can you do this monologue and cry no. and you know be this victim or whatever and you could be the best order. you could be an elite of, i had a i repped a cheerleader for a long time who i mean he was a two-time national champion but he would get booked by a guy who was not as good as yeah. him just because the guy was a different ethnicity. And, oh, they, yeah. and that's commercials right there. It's like, okay, we need to check this box here to check that box there to check that box there. I don't care if you're the C-level person. I'll put the A over here and I'll put the C there and all mm-hmm. the boxes are checked. We're making yeah. a commercial. So yeah, very I mean, different than acting. And that's having done this for six or seven years. Like You realize that 
you could walk in and walk in and nail the audition. They're like, wow, that was really great. And like you like, there's no one better for this job. And then you don't book it. And you just have to not think about why you didn't book I it. I let people get say, I got a standing ovation in that audition from everybody. No callback. Yeah. I've had people walk yeah. out of the callback and say, oh my God, I bombed that thing. It was the worst ever. Here's your avail, buddy. Well, that's like, the most common. Yeah. Everybody talks about Murphy's Law. I leave town, I get auditions. Yeah. I bomb auditions, I get jobs. And I mean, that happens to me all the time. It's like the, the days when I go and do something for myself and go for a hike, turn my phone off, get out of service range, or I don't know, work on my own personal project. That's when I get some sort of audition because... It comes back to this idea of you have to be a real person because they want to book people who at least they want to be able to hang out with you too. Real, yeah. They they you have know? to be on set with you, especially location stuff. Oh yeah, like the athletic people. They they will. I want to be with people who I enjoy being with because I have to be with you in Fiji for ten days. Yeah. I don't want somebody who's a prima donna. I want yeah. somebody who's going to get their job done, be on time. And be, you know, a good person to go out to dinner with afterwards. Mm -hmm. Like, it makes sense. Yeah, I did that shoot in Oregon for Moose Jaw. And it's like, we were staying in rental houses and we were cooking family-style dinners every night. And, you know, there's a hot tub. And like, oh, if you don't like people, this is going to be an awkward week for you. Yeah. You know? And those are the type of people that rebook you. Yeah. I have a friend who's a line producer. When he sets up a job, it's, I have my production manager every time. That guy. Because you know what I know? He's going to do a good job. He's going to get it done. I know his rate. It's one less thing I have to worry about. Yeah. Stunts, same thing. I'm going to come back. I'm going to get that guy because I know he's going to do this and mm-hmm. I'm not going to take 12 takes to do it and he's not going to be an issue yeah. and I know what he costs and I know he'll get it done. If you do good on a moose jaw, they'll probably book you again. You'll never have to audition again. Send yep. us some updated digitals. Let's get it done. Make sure he looks the same. Yeah. Everybody just fat. wants to get stuff done yeah. and have as little fire as possible. Yeah. Simple. And that's why I feel like I do good at it because I understand talent are real people at this level. You have lives. I mm-hmm. can't expect you to be available 24-7. Just be honest with me, and we'll try to steer you in a direction that can hopefully get you a job, make you some yeah. money, make me some money. Yeah. And, I mean, it is it is simple to say, you know, show up, do your job, be a good person, be friendly, be enjoyable to work with. And that's part of that is you just have to learn socialization. And, you know, you have to just genuinely be that. You can't really fake it. But what are the things you've seen – you know, talent like me who've kind of stuck with it for years and then sort of where are the plateaus and like the things that have broken them through to next levels of booking? Because your agencies may offer classes or then there's tons of classes around the LA network you can take. You know, Killian's is a great one, but a lot of it's just doing reps, but I think there are breakthroughs that happen. Yeah. Do you see that with different talent? Yeah. I've seen people fizzle out. I've seen people break through. Sometimes I, I call... The agency, like my job is almost like a triple A baseball coach, yeah. if that reference makes any sense. Yeah. Where you're bringing people in. Sometimes you have a single A talent, a double A talent, and you bring them in, they have no experience at all. And you try to cultivate them and coach them and groom mm-hmm. them and get them some opportunities. You're learning by trial on fire. I'm putting you in auditions and mm-hmm. figure it out. Mm-hmm. And you hate it. You're out of it. Some people continue to build. Okay, I see I'm that close on these avails. If I go a little step further, I get some good pictures. I get yeah. good quality skill clips, not just... Oh crap! I need to get this running video in the next ten minutes. It's gonna be a piece of shit. Oh, Dang cool! It, yeah, like your golf video, like that'll book you stuff. Mm-hmm. And just being a two-way street, taking the small steps to continue to be working, continue to be plugging away, because it is a craft and it is a book, 
and you need to build it. And then so many talent don't realize how close they are to jobs before I even talk to you about it. Yeah. Like I haven't even dangled the carrot in front of you because then you're going to have a thousand questions. Yeah. I'm so close. And if you had that dialed in golf video, this would be done for both of us. We'd yeah. Be done. Now we're stressed and there's and lights going down and you can't get it tonight. You have to get it tomorrow. They already filled it with somebody else. And that's something I think about a lot because when I was talking with Will, it's like, he's like, yeah, have your skill clips ready to go because, you know, you're sitting there and you're like, oh, it's a slow week. Like, I wish I could go to an audition. It's like, you can go and put together your running video and have someone with a good camera, DSLR with video capability, shoot you running on a track from three angles, edit together, make it good, put some personality in it. It may be, maybe not. And let's have that ready because there are jobs. I don't even want to think about how many jobs I've been considered for that I never found out about because they were like, mm, he doesn't have the right photos or he doesn't have a golf skill kit, but we're not going to request it for him. I mean, that must be the ratio of those jobs to jobs I hear about. That yeah, scares yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to know. But it's job. real. Yeah. I mean, it, and that's why the people who go from double A AA to triple A, yeah. taking the time to, okay, I have nothing to do today. I could Netflix all day and do this, or I could go knock this out, mm -hmm. or I could dump a hundred bucks into LA casting and then it'll pay itself back because that got me this. Yeah. I always tell people to reinvest in themselves. Well, oh, yeah. You get a $1,000 job, take a 100 of it, put it on some pictures, save the 900 Like, don't just, whoosh, money's gone. Every time I do a new test shoot, every time I get new headshots, every time I update something, the money returns itself immediately, like double, triple. These casting directors are just... It's like associates cruising through a million thumbnails in L.A. Yeah, and they get bored of them. You have to do something to lead them to water. Yeah. And then once you've led them to water and you're in the door, well, now it's on you. Mm -hmm. And Are you a charismatic person? Are you a good speaker? Mm -hmm. And befriending them. How many of them do you walk in and you know them and they're, oh, happy to see you, Michael. What's how, What you been up to? Well, the relationships, everybody knows that. The relationships are what make this city run yeah there's so many camera ops who i've seen a hundred times at these you know you get used to going to the different locations like i know you know 922 formosa i know this one i know that <laughs> one like i know i know where to park top. i know where to park at every one like i know all the secrets and you see these camera ops and they're like they may not remember your name but like they'll know you they'll be like what's your name again? like you're mike oh yeah and they'll they'll just kind of give you an extra beat and maybe they'll give you a little another take because they like you and you've been and nice. They want you to genuinely get the job. Yeah, they want you to. They want to be done with their job. Yeah. I mean, they have to clock out at five p.m. like everyone else. But if they know, oh, I got it out of Michael, they can not worry about the strangers who are walking in the door. Who they have to, you know, must Actually, be weird for them. Today. Yeah, <laughs> we yeah, got, we, we got it. We got it. I don't worry about it. And in the commercial world, like you see, it's so diverse, especially now, yeah, and it's, it's getting more so, diverse. Yeah, and, so much. And we're a fitness agency, so. You know, most of us are athletes or have athletic bodies. Do you but everybody wants that now. Yeah, but then Will was saying that our models are too attractive, too in shape. They want more natural. And so I'm in this sort of realm where I am I can be a fitness guy because I'm in shape, but I can also be relatable guy because you put a long sleeve shirt on me and it doesn't look like you I'm... You booked those commercials. Yeah, I do like the, the guy with his wife buying a car. And then I, you know, I've done fit modeling because I happen to have the right size for sample size medium but then you get things where it's like well if you want to get into editorial like you need to be more gaunt and more lean and do you give models a lot of feedback in terms of body type or look or do you just sort of let them some of the things people say to models too and it, it just said uh, i don't know I, I respect how you can handle the rejection that you guys get and have to just roll with the punches because certain people they will say whatever they want to you they oh, yeah. we know and i've had a lot of models call and 
they told me I need to lean out, but I've been working on my legs and right. this is this and this is that. What do you think I should do? It's like, I have to tell this female that to me looks, you're a beautiful person. You're in great shape, way mm-hmm. better shape than me. Mm-hmm. But now I have to decide whether your legs should be bigger or not to book these jobs. So yeah. I it's, don't know. I think there's a different job for everybody. When it's a moving target, it's like, oh, it's like when you're driving, like, I think that lane's moving faster and you get into that lane mm-hmm. and it slows down. So it's like, I could put on weight, I could lose weight, I could bulk up, I could become like a 220 monster, but... Or you could be yourself. Or I could be myself and what I feel good at and, you know, what I think has worked for me instead of constantly trying to plug this leak so this leak doesn't, you know, it, it becomes this endless shuffle. Whereas if you could just feel good in your skin, you'll probably get the jobs for that body type and that personality type and that yeah. haircut and that beard you know i worry about like should i trim my beard it's like whatever your beard they can your feel beard. that energy yeah. when it's like you're a confident person you walk in the room yeah you take the room i want to work with that guy mm-hmm. that guy looks good on camera mm-hmm. he looks like somebody who'd be good for this part i could i could see him in our commercial yeah we got feedback today on a guy who, who he books and he does good and he's a great runner he's booked nike swim and all kinds of stuff but the feedback was we tried three times and he just looked so stiff running. He was so nervous and he just really? we gave him three takes. He just couldn't do it. It's like, man, you you run 10Ks and stuff. Just go run in a line for like 10 yards and get it done. Yeah. But it happens. I mean, I, because I, so I hated running when I signed with you guys. And I was like, I got to get better at running. You signed with us off of Skechers booking. Yeah. That is running. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but I hated it. So, and I would run because, you know, just trying to stay fit, but I never liked it. It was always a chore for me. I'd have to watch an iPad on the treadmill or trail run at the very least. And I sort of had this breakthrough when I thought about, I have this friend, Sean from Montana, who's just like, he's just super fit. When he was in college, he started training with the Nordic ski team because he wanted the challenge. And then he started competing with them, just like like walked on junior year. And he's just one of those guys. And I was thinking about like, why does Sean like running so much? And I just thought about the way he ran. And there's like a smile on his face. And I was like, I'm going to run and I'm going to try to run like Sean. I'm going to try to run like someone who enjoys running. And it's sort of that reverse psychology hack of if you smile, it tells your brain you're happy. So just like enjoy it. Fake it. And then all of a sudden, you'll like have a little more bounce in your step, maybe a little better stride. Maybe your face won't look so so severe or like you're suffering. But find a way to not be stiff and not be thinking about like, how do I look? How do I look? How do I look? More just like, I'm having fun here. You know? I could think be worse. It could be, could be worse. Could there, be there are worse jobs out there. Yeah, I agree. That's kind of how that Shoe Dog book, I just finished that. Phil Knight, yeah. the Nike CEO, is kind of like that. He, that. That was like his therapy was, I go for a 10-mile run at night and that's yeah. how I clear my mind. Yeah. I, I mean, you got to find some way to find that stillness to find. Some I don't, of us, it's some, the outdoors. Some the of outdoors. us, it's running. Some of us, it's painting. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a million ways to find it, but you got to find it because there's just too much chatter. Yeah. And our bra- and my brain city. doesn't stop. I'm yeah. sure your brain doesn't stop. But if you can find that flow state somewhere for at least part of your day, mm-hmm. it bleeds over into the rest of it. And that's why you can call me and not seem like, are you real? Okay, bye. Like, like Yeah. You know, or a persnickety email that it's like you can't tell my tone in an email. I'd rather yeah. just hey, this is what we need. You're yeah. on a veil. You good? You got issues? Let's get this thing done. Yeah, I mean, whenever I talk to you, I always forget to like ask how much the rate is. I'm like, oh yeah, I f- didn't even ask him because I'm not. Well, that's like, why I send an email follow up. Yeah. So after the conversation's over, it's just boop. There yeah. it is. Oh, that's what it is. Oh, cool. Money. Revert back to that, please. I like money. And so being in the commercial division, you know, in LA, people move out here for various reasons, but do you see a lot of people coming through who are trying to be actors? I mean, you book enough commercials, most people want to move to theatrical, everybody wants 
yeah. you stop. Well, some people don't, but yeah. some people are just happy. I'm like, yeah, I'll take print money and I'll just do this. And I have my other side hustle. I have my other mm-hmm. side business. So I'm a sales rep for a pharmaceutical company. When I book jobs, I book jobs. Yep. I have one lady I'm working on two jobs for her right now. She's a private detective. Really? And, and does Iron Man's. Sick. Like, she's awesome. Yeah. And it's just an extra thing where she goes and it's another line in the water. Yeah. Uh, but young people that come in usually that you can tell right away do you have a theatrical department Mm -hmm. like what can i do there and normally pretty green but other people are already dialed in and they know they've done stuff already and yeah who doesn't want to be in movies do you want to be in movies i don't think so i think i've heard on this that you didn't really want to you're happy with this yeah i don't think i want to um because I've done independent films for my friends and I've, you know, done, I, there was a time when I was trying to build a reel and trying to get those first credits that you can't get. So you can get an agent yeah. who will get you your next credits. And I do have a theatrical agent and I've never really enjoyed the audition process. It doesn't feel authentic because it's not, I'm not being myself. Um, yeah, you're being a character. I'm being a character. And I, I used to give myself this speech. Like I had this grand plan to move to LA this is when I was in the Middle East in Jordan. I was like, I'm going to move to LA. I'm going to get in, get on set, get in like maybe modeling, figure it out. And then I want to be an actor because I want to live a thousand lives in one. And I want to just like try on all these different roles. And I want to be a fireman and I want to be a soldier and I want to be all these things. And then I got to a point where I was like, I just want to be really good at this life. And actors are always chasing something. And but apart from how cool it would be to be on a set where you're playing a soldier or doing something really cool with a cool director, the hustle of it is almost not worth it. And Until like, you get to that tier. Yeah, I guess. Where, but even when you're up there, it's this endless race of relevancy. And then you can't go anywhere or yeah. do anything. It's a whole thing. And again, it's something that's easy to say when it's not available to you. But if I wanted it, I'd be going for it. Yeah. And I'm not super stoked about I have a theatrical audition, audition tomorrow. And I'm like, I don't want to go. Whereas if I got an audition from you, I'd be like, sick. Rock climbing job. Might be cool. Like paid vacation. So, so you're happy. Yeah, I'm happy. It's more about like just finding out who you are and then booking jobs that align with it. It's kind of what you've done. You know, you found out who you wanted, what kind of life you wanted to lead and then found a job that suited it. So you can go off and go to your secret climbing spots or <laughs> go lobster diving and air ballooning. Yeah. <laughs> Get into like world traveling by balloon. I mean, what's next? You're, you're already free diving. You're climber. Do you fish? I can fish. I fish for trout and like the Sierras and stuff. Yeah. I was just fishing up near the Kern River this past weekend. And Great fishing I was like, there. fuck, now I need to get into fly fishing. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I got to pay $1,000 to get More like, hobbies. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we're in your apartment right now and it's just full of full hobby hobbies. stations. Modes of activity. There's an ice axe, a skateboard, crampons. You got it all. I like to take on hobbies. I used to get a lot of shit for that too. And like, why are you doing something that you're not going to be professional in or this or that? I'm like, yeah. well, because, you know, there's never going to be enough books that you've read when you die. There's never going to be enough places you went. I would yeah. like to do as many things as I can. And I'm lucky enough to be surrounded with people that can kind of help me get there or else I'll get there on my own. Yeah. And sometimes removing the pressure of, oh, I need to make money doing this allows you to just enjoy the process. For me. Yeah. yeah. And I, I do think there's something to that linear progression of like, I went fly fishing with my buddies who are really good at it. And I was like, I'll never be good at this. It's like learning stick for the first time. You start it and you're like, there's no way you'll ever be smooth at this. But you put in the reps, you learn from people who are better than you, and you get better. And there's always new rivers to explore, farther places to go to South America and go to Patagonia and go fly fishing. You always can get better. And it doesn't have to be 
about the necessarily the reward is just you get to do cooler things and enjoy this process more and more. I can equate to modeling, I suppose. Yeah. Like you put in the repetitions, you put in the work. Yeah. You're going to get booked more. You're going to go cooler places. You're going to get bigger jobs and you're going to make more money. Yeah. Do you ever get jealous sitting behind the computer in the, the office watching people go? Like, there's I don't been know. jobs that people are in Chile I've, running around. Yeah, and, there's been jobs I've booked people on where I'm like, oh man, I'm probably a better climber than you. And yeah. <laughs> you are doing not that. Chant. No, You're, definitely no. not. <laughs> definitely not. I don't know. She'd be running people. laps for us. She's ridiculous. But, but again, like, I always talk about how they're paid vacations. And at the same time, it's. It's kind of like a tease because you we go to Smith Rock and I'm with Lindsay Chen, who's a, basically a 514 climber, and we have a guide up there, and they're setting up, you know, whatever sport climb you want. But at the same time, we have to get a shot, and it's not like I can project this 512 all day. And half the time, they're like, "We don't even need to go all the way up," and I'm like, "Well, but can I? Like, come on, yeah." <laughs> You're not and, hanging out on the top of the headstone in yeah. Joshua Tree drinking wine, watching the moon, watching the sun come up. And that's that you know that's best case scenario where we actually did get to play around and climb and have fun. Whereas, you know, you get booked on these mountain biking jobs. I talked about with Kelsey Kanoki, where it's like take the bike out of the car, and there's no mountain biking. Oh, I've booked so many surfers where yeah. it must be advanced surfer, and yeah. they just <laughs> carry a board. Hendrix is barking. Hendrix stop okay. barking. We like dogs in the background. Yeah, and I get scared sometimes going to those auditions where it's like, you know, how good of a surfer are you? I'm like, I'm a social surfer. I've so, you know surfed overhead and like I can play, but I'm not at Mavericks. And they're like, no. Oh. And you see the guys in the waiting room who are like, well, I, pff, I'm a Maverick surfer. And, it's like, <laughs> and like, really, they just want to see, like, do you know how to carry a surfboard like a surfer? You know, I've been on golf shoots where there's talent who, the way they carry the club, you're just like, that's not how golf, and you can't shoot for Cobra Puma. Oh, they know. Yeah, if you can't carry a club. And... It's a little annoying sometimes when you get all dressed up in this like sick mountain biking gear and it's like, okay, open the back hatch, close the back hatch. And lunch. (laughs) We break for lunch and you're in this amazing location. There's like, you know, the bike doesn't even have pedals and (laughs) you want to just go. Can I just take my lunch break and go? But you don't get to do it. I've had the reverse though. I've had stories where a girl was booked as an advanced mountain biker and they call flipping out because she can't do the stunt. She's like, they weren't telling me I had to do this to bomb a hill, to do a jump, yeah. to make a turn in front of a tree. So, the, I mean, you do need to be honest, but at the same honest. time, when you are being honest, and then you see, like, my hockey guy that I usually book for hockey stuff, he goes in and he's like, they brought in 50 models. They said expert. I was in the NHL. Yeah. I lost a tooth by a puck. Yeah. You have these LA models guys in here. This is bullshit. I'm like, dude, that's. I mean, you can't Part of win. the game. You can only do your best. And like, I've had the same situation. I borrowed your bike. You very <laughs> generously lent me a bike because I got booked on this Mercedes job. And they're like, we needed a downhill mountain bike. And I was like, I single track. I've got this. And I brought your downhill mud tire bike. Yeah. And they had me on sand going uphill. And the, it was this whole German crew. And they're like, we want you to go uphill, like, but do a wheelie and make it very <laughs> cool and go like do a jump. They were trying to drive with me and just the physics of it. Faster. I, I couldn't explain that. Like, I was like, this isn't a possible, like you can't get the shot. They had a sample image like, do this please. And I was like, I like, and I didn't want to let you guys down, but I, like there was a, I just kept like going over the handlebars. It's like, oh, we're going to get some shot. Like, yeah. You took diggers on that one? Oh yeah. Big ones. <laughs> Are you happy? Did you yeah, get what I mean, you need? It was fun for me. I was like, they're like, are you okay? And I was like, yeah, I'm not breaking bones. I'm like, I got a helmet on. I got gear on. Like I'm getting to play and I'll, I'm going to work until on your you shot. break your arm and then it's a thing. 
And then it's a thing. And then I get called. Yeah. Was, yeah. And then well, you, you have to put out fires. Got to get health insurance for us models. That's a whole nother thing. That's a whole nother beast. How do you feel about the whole SAG thing? Like, People are always complaining that there aren't a lot of SAG jobs. No one's getting national. Oh, I get asked that every day. Yeah. Every day for sure. Had a girl call me from Louisiana today who's been shooting like films down there. And mm-hmm. she's wondering if she should join SAG there because it's cheaper there, she said. I made her double check this because yeah. she said it was 1700 there to join SAG. And it's like 3000 here. Right. She's like, should I join there? So when I come back there, I'm already SAG and I save that money. Or are there SAG jobs out there? I hear everything's down and it's mostly non-union for commercials out there. What do I do? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just like, I'm not allowed to advise you either way. Well, I it's can't a... talk FICOR. I can't do any of that. I can talk about it. And so like I went SAG because I had to become a must join. And that was when I was kind of like, oh, I need to, I want to go into theatrical. And if you're in theatrical, you want to be SAG because they want you to be SAG to, to book you on the well, job. You're going to be. You do stunts, you're going to be in SAG. Yeah. You do driving, you're going to be in SAG. You do yeah. theatrical, you're going to be in SAG. But if you're doing commercials and mo- like, mo- like for print, it doesn't really matter. But for commercials, there's so much non union work. It does matter for print now. Really? All these print jobs are like splits now. Oh, because there's a video element. Yeah. yeah. But pure print, it doesn't matter. There's no union. If you just want to do commercials and not go theatrical, you should be FICOR. 100%. Yeah. Every model, every commercial actor I talk to who's not, doesn't have eyes on being in the film industry is FICOR. And I went FICOR and I do not regret it. Most people don't. I can't remember the exact number, but SAG told us at one meeting there. Where it was like, yeah. 60 some percent of the work is gone non-union and they're panicking. I'm like... You're telling me I need to give up 60% of the pie? No way. Yeah. Why would I do that? Yeah. And there's agents that are just, they flip out on other agents at those meetings too because they're SAG franchise and they're only submitting on SAG. Really? Especially New York agents. I remember them coming over the video like, you all need to stop doing that. You're the problem. I'm like, I just don't think you can get enough work. <laughs> what am I supposed to close my doors? Am yeah. I not supposed to take agency fees? I mean, it's great to get SAG work because you get SAG insurance and that's if you get it you have to make seventeen thousand gross i think now something like that that's it i thought it was like 30 maybe that's for the second tier but i I thought it was 17 because i've always get that number thrown at me i'm really close to this (laughs) i need to go look through my finances make sure i'm good this (laughs) year that huge money to do some i mean people do sag background work just to get yeah to build up enough you know if they have families and you know sag insurance is really reasonable so if you do good background work you can make easily 300 bucks a day i think the day rate's 300 and something and then if you go into overtime you're making upwards of a grand a day so it's a trade-off like yeah you might have missed an audition for a big national but you're i have a guy who's like 63 always that's his response yeah booked myself on this background gig i get bumped to principal half the time yeah so i can't do this audition gotta make money always says it gotta make money all right man so, I mean, you're obviously accommodating with excuses if they're legitimate. To a point. Yeah, so there's like, time where it gets old and I'm like, I'm done t- with you. What's the tipping point? Well, I'm pretty good at this juncture. I mean, you got 300 people in LA, like a grand in the country. Yeah. So it's like you're dealing with tons of people and personalities. I can tell if you're like, if you're lying to me. I yeah. can tell if you're full of shit. And I can tell if you just think that this should be handed to you. And if it goes down the line where it's, you think that I owe you something. You think that this should just be given to you. You don't have to do anything, and you continue to miss stuff for me, and I go to bat, and I get you this, and it takes away from somebody else who could get it yeah. over and over. If you flake on a job on me, stuff like that. If yeah. you say you're a, like a lot of people had this today, too. You're on a veil. 
you give an avail to another agent yeah. and then it comes back and they're booking and now we have an issue because you yeah. didn't communicate that with me. So, I mean, that's, there's one issue there, which is like, you can tell when it's not someone's priority anymore. Yes. Either they're entitled or they're just, they don't want it. And they're yeah. just like, so, which is fine, which is fine. But like, just be honest maybe with me. book out or just be like, Hey, like if I get a drink booking, let me know. But otherwise, like I'm pretty much off the Working books. on other things. Yeah. Cool. We're humans. Go the work on that. Other side of that is, you know, in modeling, you kind of have to spread yourself out into different different markets, different categories to really make a living. It's I think it's pretty rare for people to make a full-time living with one agency. And a lot of people come in and think that's what's going to happen. Yeah, they sign yeah. on the line and they're like, here we go. Cool. I'm going to be rich. a star. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that happens, you know, Emily Valdez with Wilhelmina. She's bought a house and she's doing great. And there are people who, you know, get lucky or they they have a certain look that just plays and it might cycle through eventually, but you can make a great living. Most people have, you know, I have an agency in San Diego. I have one in Orange County. I have one in New York and spread out. I'm, I do well, but there are times when I have an avail from this agency and then a competing avail comes in and then an audition comes in and I, I have to think about, well, that audition could lead to that booking which is bigger but i have to go through callback and avail to get that and i already have this avail but then there's another avail and i have to do all this mental jujitsu and i feel i feel bad at times but i always just try to go based on who's my mother agent who's my first priority agent who got me the avail first i try to have like some sort of high sucks too and the third one is the most money and i've had to turn those down because i just try to stick to that hierarchy you're gonna burn that bridge oh i've had bridges burned man yeah i'm sure i've had triple avails where all the dates are crossing and then some are crossing and this one's ready to confirm Mm -hmm. this one doesn't know yet and they have first avail and you're pressing on them you're pressing on them and it's like we just don't know yet and i'm like well you're gonna lose it you have a casting director flipping out on you yeah because all they want is to just get it done to not piss off their client. Well, they don't care about the talent, probably. They just don't yeah. want to piss off their client. And it definitely can be mental jujitsu. So at what point do you just I say, just like... I try to be honest. Do, I mean, if, if they're honest, and they're saying, I'm still waiting. I haven't gotten confirmation on this first avail. I know it's not with you guys, but like some point do you just pull the plug on their avail or do you just tell the client to You say, to you're going to lose this and you're going to become second avail if I don't have an answer by X. Yeah. And you have to run that by the talent to make sure, like, you understand this is what we're doing. Yeah. You could lose all three. Yep. How do you want to do this? Let's make a plan together, and then I'll go talk on your behalf, and we'll get this thing done. Yeah. I want to have the more money job, too. Let's right. be real. Right. But I also, a lot of times what talent don't realize is they think, you're the only one with this job now. I'm not going to have to work with this person again, and fuck it, I'll burn the bridge with them because I want yeah. the bigger job. Cool, yeah. you just burn the bridge with them, you'll never work them again, yeah. but I probably won't either. And that just cost 300 other people on my list that won't get to work yeah. with this person. And they don't realize that, that it's like, okay, I'll talk on your behalf and I'll do what you want because that's what I got to yeah. do. But think about it bigger here. Like You just pissed off people and, it, and it's just not going to go well for anybody. What's the best case scenario for something like that? Say I have a first avail from somewhere else. You come to me with this, you know, Michelob wants to do a golf shoot and you say, they want you. Can you, can you confirm this avail? And I say, I'm waiting on another avail. What's the best thing I can do besides saying, I'll go with you to uh, just release is that it? first avail with, are they both with me or is the first one with another agency? Well, the problem is I'd go with you first. So <laughs> let's say well, I, I, I wasn't me and it was a, a different agency that I prioritized. It's totally fine. That's normal. Um, yeah. Okay, so you got the first avail, second avail comes in. Yeah. You give the second avail to them and say, you're on second avail, I have a first avail for this other job. Yep. I will check with the client, 
and I will let them know, yep. or I will see if they're ready to book. Yep. If if they're not ready to book, I'll come back to you. Let me know when you're ready to book. Yeah. If you're just What's second availing deadline? him, yeah. that's a second avail. Cool, yeah. you have second avail. But if your client's ready to book now, I'll go press that client and make them make a decision, and then it's up to the talent what job they want. So just communicate it, yep. yeah. Yeah, and it's... People get pissed because they want to have what they want to have. That's normal. They want to check things off their list and get things done drama-free. Yeah. But if you're just, hey, I'm being upfront with you, this is the situation. That job's worth more money. But mm-hmm. I'm honoring my first avail with you because I respect our relationship. Yep. Because my client's a good client and he doesn't want to burn a bridge for you or for your client or yeah. anything in the future. Or for the entire agency, yeah. as you said. So, I mean, that makes sense. And it just comes down to just very clear communication and clear priorities. I'm pressing gonna, them to book, it actually works pretty well, to be honest. It makes them make a decision. I'm sure it does, yeah. It's like, make a decision. And also the like, oh, someone else wants him, then it's like, ooh, he, that's social proof ooh. that, yeah, like, ooh, I, I would super want him. Like, <laughs> we give you another thousand. Yeah. <laughs> They're also German. <laughs> um, but that, I mean, that makes sense. And I would love to be with just one agency, but it's yeah, just kind of the way it works. And I think agents know that and as much as you'd like to just say be with us and it's like come on yeah like yeah, let's I, be real i worked really hard to not have a side hustle yeah so i can be free i don't from have most to bartend things. now yeah i don't have I to bartend i don't have my to, art yeah i can make my weird cereal art what else would you have as far as advice for potential talent or talent don't be that, a dick to your yeah, agent don't, don't bite the hand that feeds <laughs> yeah. you like you come at me with heat about how you're pissed about some rate like oh she'd be more of this okay i'd like more too yeah. If you want me to go for more, let's go for more. Mm-hmm. The last job I dealt with today was that. I understand that you should be getting 2K per video on this, and they're only doing 1K, but we've been down this road before, and they just went with somebody else. So do yep. you want to get in with them a little under, do a great job, and then we can try to raise the roof? Yeah. Or just freaking out on me about something that somebody else, like, I'm in the middle here, just like casting. They're in the middle. Right. It's like, don't. Don't be rude to them because what does that gain you? It doesn't gain you anything no. being an ass to somebody. No. Sure, there's times where you need to put your foot down and hold your ground and you get it. I've had lots of those too where I'm like, you're crazy. Like the <laughs> unauthorized internet uses where the Chevy switches ad agencies and they didn't take it down off the internet before yeah. it left. And now somebody's like, whoa, that's still up on YouTube. I want, it's $1,000 worth of use, but 10K. Tell them 10K. I'm upset with it. Really? I'm like, you're fucking nuts. But hey, I'm acting as your agent. 10K is where we're at. And they're like, are you kidding me? I'm like, 10K, favorite nations. They come back. They're like, fine, we're done. We're doing it. Get it off our plate. Wow. And it's like, all right, so good on you. I need to go scour YouTube for <laughs> some messages. <laughs> I've had a lot of those. Yeah. They're, they're starting to change the rules on that too. Yeah, I need to be better about tracking my usages because... It's so hard. I, it's so hard to get content of yourself. Finding in the first place yeah. hard enough, knowing the date that it you know, transcends the one-year or two-year usage, and then it's a wild goose chase. You know? Totally. They'll either take it down immediately or... SAG won't honor iSpot. Yeah. They refute that as being valid at all. Oh, because that doesn't count as running. Well, it's it's they're like, it's not a credible source. We have our yeah. sources. It's like, okay, well... I think iSpot's like the source. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's it's hard to track that stuff. I feel like I should do a seminar on teaching talent how to read their stubs, <laughs> their check stubs. Yeah. This is what the usage means on here. This is what it's for. Here's the expiration date. Put that in your calendar. Mm-hmm. And on that date, go check YouTube. See if that yeah. thing's still there. An Excel sheet would be not a bad idea or some sort of tracking system calendar. But like, I can only do so much. You yeah. know, I can only be so organized. Yeah. I need well, a little chaos in my life. I, I also need chaos in my life. Well, we should go see Joker. Yes. 
any last words of advice, anything you're looking for out there in the talent world, anything you want to say to the model community, commercial acting community, fitness community? Fitness community, everything is going to those like mirrors now. Everything is going really? to those. Yeah. That's the new wave. There's like four companies going hard at that right now. Whoa. I always see them on Instagram. I'm like, that's not real. That's the next wave. I I started and it was DVDs and then mm-hmm. it went to direct uh, like the apps. Like you go to Roku and you put on a yeah. streaming service like Beachbody and then it used to be huge apparatuses in people's places. It's Everything wants to be compact and not yeah. ugly. And sleek. Yeah. So those things I think are the next wave, yeah. which doesn't help any advice wise talent out there but i mean just look at what they're wearing in those ads i guess yeah well yeah definitely that's something more talent should do is you want to book a budweiser commercial or you're going to a budweiser audition watch them. go youtube five of those commercials yep emulate and go get it done yeah i mean you'll see people who do that and people who don't do that and it's like it's pretty easy to figure out the tropes of commercial like guy in a bar for Dave and Buster's or guy in a bar for Budweiser. They might be slightly different, but little tweaks can make the director say that that's the guy I was looking for. Just remember too, that it's people's job. You're going in there. This is people's job and production. It's people's job. One yeah. thing, not to continue to banter on this, but one thing also that upsets me is when somebody says, well, can they switch the shoot date to this? I'm like, do you realize <laughs> how many people it takes to make a production happen? They yeah. location scouted that. They have people hired that are only available for this day and the location for that day, and they're only available this day. Mm-hmm. You're just a cog in the wheel. You show up to how many sets, and you don't even know what you're doing. Oh, All of most of them, I'm like, are we inside? Are we outside? Do because it- they have thousands of things going on. They can't yeah. just, wait, what? You need me to switch it to Wednesday? Not an option. Get me somebody else. I mean, like a big commercial. They've been working on the, the agency and the client. They've been working on that for six months, fine-tuning the copy, location scouting. Getting the ideas cleared from market that, yeah. research, focus groups. And then like you go in and you do the audition. You're like, whatever. It's just a couple lines. Like, no. Everyone who's watching that, especially in the callback, cares a lot. That's their baby. So They need it to work yeah. or they could be fired. You know, don't, don't psych yourself out to the point where you're insecure and can't run like a normal person. <laughs> but... Give it the responsibility and the care that you're like you're being given when someone brings you in saying, I trust you to deliver this in a way that I think is going to reflect well on my casting agency. We all need each other in this thing. Yeah. And that's what comes together. Awesome spot then. Yeah. Well, cool, man. I appreciate this. Let's go watch the movie. All right. Bye, German kids. German again. <laughs>